Hey there, welcome to the Lurk Lounge, the pod where we discuss the real on all things business and entrepreneur related. I'm Summer Barnley, attorney, business strategist, entrepreneur, lover of Grey's Anatomy, sipper of matcha tea, believer in Christ, and ethnic food enthusiast. I invite you to eavesdrop on the lessons and conversations inside the Lurk Lounge. Hey, Lurkers. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Lurk Lounge. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome, 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 welcome. Now, you're in for a treat because today's guest is none other than one of my favorite people in the world. She's my sister, my business bestie, my plotting partner, all around dope, okay? And She's on a mission to empower Black communities across the nation to build and protect their wealth in non-traditional ways. Now, before I introduce you officially to Jayla Eaton, you know we had to get into the disclaimer and the biz tea of the day. Now, the podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing should be taken as legal advice. You listening does not create an attorney-client relationship between us. Laws vary and so will your personal situation. So please seek an attorney in your area to handle your individual legal need. Now, today's biz tea or biz tip of the day is specifically for those of you who partner or co-own a business. Let's quickly chat about buy-sell agreements. Now, Most people overlook this very important contract because they make the horrid mistake of thinking that buy-sell agreements do not apply to them because they're not selling or buying a business. Wrong, wrong, and wrong again. Now, the name is deceiving, okay? But your buy-sell agreement's gonna lay out the terms of what happens to the business when you or your business partner want out, goes bankrupt, gets divorced, dies, The list is non-exhaustive, but the purpose is to protect the interest of everyone involved and then set out the buyout price should any of those things that I mentioned happen. Now, are you questioning whether or not you may need a buy-sell agreement? Good, you should be. So contact a business attorney to make sure that you're covered. Okay, let's jump into today's guest, Jayla Eaton. Now, Prior to making the leap from the cubicles of corporate America, Jayla worked as a trust officer managing the wealth of multi-millionaires. You heard that right. She's a writer, certified trust and fiduciary advisor, and trust and estates attorney in California. Jayla, welcome to the Lurk Lounge. Thank you, Summer. I am so excited to be here of the introduction. I'm like, who is that? What's she talking about? I love this. <laughs> mind you, I'm going to have to record that and have it play as my intro because that was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay, let's be honest. I mean, for those who don't know you, they don't know how amazing you are, but I know how amazing you are. So give the lurkers the real deal on who you are, who you serve, and why. Oh, who am I? I am Jayla Laverne Eaton. I... Sarah, the most kind man, because he's the reason why I've been able to achieve what I've achieved, what I've done. 
It's all because of him. <laughs> Man. But I am passionate about helping women, women entrepreneurs, women in general, Black women specifically, because I know our plight, because I am going through it on the legal and financial spectrums in industry. Now, there are a lot of very, they're trapped. I, I don't know another way to say it. There are a lot of traps that we fall into, that we're pushed into, and I'm just here to be a voice of, hey, watch your step there. Huh, maybe we should rethink this so that women have a, a chance and opportunity to meet their goals and exceed their expectations. That's my platform. My business is on my own financial. That's the financial side of what I do. It's more financial planning and being your wealth best friend, somebody who's looking out for you at all times. And then I have the law office of J.E., which is there to keep you protected on the estate planning side. So when you're no longer here, you've got a document that tells the people you've left in charge, this is what I want, this is what you're going to do, and this is all you're going to do so that your legacy continues. We both work with entrepreneurs, but you don't solely work with entrepreneurs, but we both end up working with a lot of entrepreneurs. Talk to us a little bit for those people who are like, what the heck is financial planning? And what's that other estate planning thing she said? Okay. Talk to us about why financial planning and estate planning are important for millennials. Oh, it's very important for millennials. I've found that in my life, I started off just making decisions and doing what I saw other people doing versus knowing what I wanted and why I was doing something. So financial planning kind of gets you together. It, it starts off with what is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it that you have? Where are you going? Where are you starting from? And then estate planning is just an extension of financial planning. It's planning for when you're not around to make a decision which most people think of death, but it's not always that. It could just be you're out of the country and you decide, oh my God, I've seen this wonderful house on Zillow and I want to buy it. You're out of the country. How do you make that happen? Your estate plan and estate planning documents, namely your financial power of attorney, can help you get this done because you're giving somebody else authorization to buy the house for you. So they, they financial planning and estate planning kind of work together. It's not just after you're gone and it's not just while you're here. It's a full comprehensive plan that we need to have. I, I go on social media every Monday to talk about many Mondays. Like today's was how much money do you have that would allow you to not have to work? How long can you decide today I'm quitting my job? How long would you survive with the savings that you had? Your financial plan would make sure that you had at least six months, if not more, depending on what you wanted to do. And I call those kind of mini retirements because you want to be free. You want to be able to do what you want to do. And financial planning gives you that freedom because you know this is what this money is allocated to. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm capable of. It's removing the worry, removing the stigma, and just getting back to you and being able to focus on what you're here for, what you're doing things for. So. I love it. Now, it's funny because 
when you were mentioning how, for instance, estate planning just does not focus on death. It focuses on situations such as outside the country needing to buy a house, right? I immediately thought about last year, 2020 COVID, when everything was shutting down, people were traveling, people got stuck overseas because they could not travel because they closed borders and things. So I was thinking about how many people didn't have access to not only like their homes and certain business things, but even if you have a virtual business or if you had an actual brick and mortar, what were you going to do with that brick and mortar? Who was going to handle that? Or even like adults who were traveling and then didn't take their children. Who's going to look after your children for that extended period of time? And you know what I mean? And like having all those kinds of things in place. And I don't necessarily think a lot of times as millennials, we tend to look at I don't want to say we, because I know you and I are always looking long scope, but speaking, <laughs> like generally speaking about millennials, especially entrepreneurs, they're so focused like on the right now. And they're so focused on like, what's the next product I'm going to do? What's the next service I'm going to offer? What's my next IG post going to look like? Like they're not even thinking about the long term of, you know, like, well, what's going to happen to my business when I'm not there? Because As millennials, we're also in that weird age where it's like, okay, you know, you're getting older, but I'm still young. (laughs) (laughs) 30 weird. No, I'm still young. (laughs) Fresh out. Still young, right? Like, I'm going to have this business for the rest of my life. And in all honesty, I think, you know, the pandemic has brought to a lot of people's attention that that life could have a lot shorter span than you thought it did. And, you know, one of the things you and I have behind the scenes always talked about, okay, well, you think you're going to leave this business to, you know, your mom or your daughter or your best friend. And it's like, they're not in your business. They don't want your business. So what's the purpose of you leaving it to them if they're not going to do anything but muck it up when you leave, right? Exactly. This, This process forces you to think through things and it gives you that realization that, Hey, just because I'm out of the country, just because I'm in the hospital, my bills don't stop. My business does not stop. What's the plan for this? What what am I going to do when it comes down to, I can't make these decisions? Is the person that I I would want to leave in charge, are they going to have access to everything? Are they going to know what what my passwords are? Are they going to know where to find my accounts? And it's really just sitting down and having a written plan and saying, this is where everything is. This is what you'll have to to worry about. This is what you'll have to take care of and letting them know so that they can focus on getting that done. You can focus on getting better or getting back to the country or doing what you need to do. And everybody kind of works seamlessly together, even in, in the face of grieving. There are so many families that are unable to properly grieve because they have to go into, I'm a private investigator now. I have to figure out what my family member would have wanted. I have to figure out what they have. I have to figure out what to do with it. I have to figure out the money. Instead, when you have a plan, financial, estate plan, any of them, they can focus on, I know what they wanted. I know where everything is. I know what has to happen. And now I can truly grieve the loss of my family member. I can sit in that. I can remember the good times instead of having to panic about everything else that life has to throw at you. Yeah. It's important for millennials to have to think about this and to do it early 
And I, I think it's really non-traditional of me as an estate planner to say, yeah, I'm not going to go and try and get all of the, the baby boomers to realize why they need to estate plan. I'm going to start with the millennials and younger. I'm going to talk about these things on social media. I'm going to be present when they have questions. I'm going to talk about big life lessons that we get from the Kobe Bryant situation, from the Nipsey Hustle situation. A lot of my favorite inspirational people and what we can learn from it because they were doing their estate planning. And it's not just because they, they have some modicum of wealth. It's because they realize they wanted to create generational wealth. You can't do that without a financial plan and a state plan. Because like you said, you may have that, that wealth, but you're thinking, oh, my, my daughter's got this. And she may be thinking, I'm just going to buy a Lamborghini and that's what I want to do with, with the money that we're going to do. And I ain't got that life. I worked too hard. We, we're not going to have this depreciating asset when I'm working to build multiple businesses. Right. So if I don't want that to happen, I have to do the work. And a lot of people, they just don't know they have to do the work. And once they do, it's life changing. Now, what do you say? Because I hear this a lot and I'm sure you do too. What do you say to millennials who say, well, why do I need an estate plan? I don't have anything to leave. Like, I'm not a Kobe Bryant. I'm not a Nipsey Hustle. I don't have a bunch of businesses. I'm not a millionaire. What, what do you say to those people? Oh, those people are so prevalent. You would be surprised at the things that you do, that you've acquired, that end up being valuable, most valuable. A lot of people don't even realize that if you pass away in an auto accident or in some other accident and your estate ends up making a wrongful death claim, that's your money. You now have a probate estate that, okay, where's that money going to go? You have no plan for it because you're like, I don't have any money. Well, maybe you didn't during life, but after it continues to make money. A lot of now what we think of is wealthy singers that died way before their turn had made more money in death than they did in life. Oh, yeah. Have to have a plan. Artists and creatives, you design something that maybe did pop while you were here, but social media... Yeah, so then he sees it five years after you're gone. Viral. Now worth millions. Uh, you've got businesses on social media. My One of my favorite Instagram creators passed away. Her business is still going. Right. Her business didn't stop because she's gone and it's still making money. So she needed to have an estate plan. Whose business is this now? Part of my, my battle with millennials that getting them to realize you have more than you realize. I had a client once who, a little older than a millennial, but she was like, I, I really don't have anything. And I happened to be on a Zoom call with her. And I saw that she had Michael Jackson framed items all on her wall behind her. And I'm listening to her say she doesn't have much. Those are collectibles. Yeah. Those, she had the actual program from his passing. She had a whole bunch of other things. And once she started looking around her house, she realized, oh, yeah, I have a lot of valuable, worthwhile things that I don't want to see given to goodwill. Yeah. And that's what I tell my millennials. Think about 
the things that you have around your house, would your parents, would your family know that there were something or would they just give them the bit well? Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, this is going to sound so stereotypical, but I think about, you know, that wall of Jordans that you have, you know, all those Louis Vuitton bags that you've invested in, like those are asset pieces. Yes. They like they they go for like more than what you paid for them, you know, especially for shoes. On like certain yes. You know, it's like if you pass away and you don't have like a plan for your Louis Vuitton bags, your family is not gonna see anything but a cash cow. Yep. Yeah, and that needs a plan. Who gets the bags? Or they get the bags. What happens to the money after the soul? Like you need to have this conversation. What you have is worthwhile. And believe it or not, it's all supposed to be inventory. And some of it's supposed to be appraised. But the IRS is trying to tax it. The IRS knows what you died with and what was in your name so that they can find out how much money they can collect. Correct. Correct. Y'all know the IRS don't play about their money. (laughs) If they can find a way to get some, they going to get it. Every year on the schedule, whether you are here or not, they are exactly whether you are here or not. (laughs) Now, okay, let's talk a little bit about financial planning for like business owners. Why do you think it is so important for entrepreneurs and those who are starting new ventures and new businesses to actually understand their personal finances before taking that leap? And then can you also expand upon what it truly means to understand your finances? Personal finance, so important to understand. Because when you enter the business finance arena, that's like the advanced level of personal finance. And if you haven't gotten your personal finances together, you're bringing those bad habits into your business and expecting something different. Now, a lot of times we're more likely to hire accountants and CPAs for the business and not necessarily for our personal finances. So some with the bad habits are able to, you know, mosey on through and make it look good. But if you start your personal finance journey and you're getting yourself out of debt and staying out of debt, you are on track to meet your goals. It really does help you when you create a business because you're bringing those good habits into your business. You're able to see that there's separation. There isn't desperation. Like I'm not trying to make this sale in my business to pay for something in my personal life that I'm in trouble if I don't make this sale. It's it's a more centered and relaxed approach to having a business. I know that the business will work. It'll support me if I need it but it's not required. Now, for those who are only business owners, that their sole focus is that they're a business owner, my hope would be that you've waited to be that that full-time entrepreneur to when your your business can actually support you and and your expenses in your personal life, that you've already separated everything, that there is 
what in legal terms would say there's you wouldn't have to worry about your veil being pierced. <laughs> right. No commingling of the funds. <laughs> you do not want <laughs> you do not want the IRS or legal entities to say, you know what, we don't see a distinction between your business and you. So therefore it is all the same. And we come in after everything you owe, even though you're saying this is the business. So it it just it's more protection. When you have a financial plan, it also gets your business a little bit more organized because in financial planning, you'll sit there and realize, okay, what's my end goal with my business? One of our small business entrepreneurs, we start, we're like, okay, I just need some income coming in. I want to get to those seven streams of income or whatever the reason we start and we don't have our exit plan. It's important to know, like, what am I planning to step away from this business? What am I planning to do with it? Is it, like you said, for my child to do with as she wants? Am I training somebody? Do I expect it to be a public corporation? Or do I just expect I'm going to work, I'm going to retire, and then the business will trail off? Or am I going to sell it? Am I going to position myself to, to need a buy-sell agreement with my, my partner is that I'm exiting, but you guys buy me out and I'm just going to go enjoy my, my retirement. Yeah. All of those questions you need to answer because it's not about society. It's not about what anybody externally tells you you should be doing something for. It's about what you want and what you're expecting to do and where you're working for this. I with my financial plan, I found that everything is long-term thoughts. It's more generationally. I want to see on my own financial continue, which means I have to start training people. I have to make sure that I've got the base that this business survives without me. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known that had I not done my financial planning for it. I wouldn't have Knowing that, okay, well, my business ebbs and flows. So to make sure that it always has the cash to cover all of the expenses, my business needs to have an investment plan. That's something that you don't see often. We'll invest personally, but for the business, you may have an emergency plan, but who actually goes the other step and has an investment plan for the business? Financial planning will get you there. Financial planning will help you understand based on your goals, based on your risk tolerance, what you could be doing to help you accomplish all of your goals and give you a, a at least a sense of time when this could possibly happen. Yeah. Now, you know, like we, we don't know what we don't know, right? And generationally, you know, speaking, the the art of financial planning is not something that is traditionally passed down in African-American households. So how, how does one go about learning financial planning or how does one become, in all honesty, financially literate? That's a problem that we're having in our nation because in our communities, like we don't talk about money. Especially not in our communities. I know. Exactly. Excuse me? You want to know what about what I make? 
What? And when I investing? When I? No, ma'am. We're not. We're not going to talk about that. And that's what on my own financial does. It's it's trying to disrupt that. It's going on and talking publicly about money. I know when I was growing up, I saw a mom because we normally learn our money habits from parents, from people around us. And we just kind of take those on. Yeah. I was lucky enough to, to have two very different parents to watch and model. My mom is a saver. My dad is the spender. Like, I got to see <laughs> both in <action>. extreme. <laughs> I got to see where one ended up versus the other. I got to see. And eventually, I, I became a voice of financial reason for both of them. I, I speak to both of them about money, but it was great having both in the house. It was great having people that eventually after I was grown, of course, I could talk to. Like my dad and I talk about investments. We'll text each other about things that we see or hear. That is one of the highlights of my life. Now, my mom, I've actually talked to invest. Now, my, my dad swears he taught her to invest. And I was like, so where's the portfolio? Because I can't see one. Like, I taught her. She was sitting there with the newspaper. She was making her selections. And now I see a portfolio that I'm a little jelly is doing a lot better than my <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that goes to my teaching. And that's what I'm going to leave it at. She did well because I was... Uh, I just want to say um, real quick that Jayla also helped me with my portfolio and it is looking a lot better in three months than it did the two years, what, no, four years that I had it on my own. So I'm just saying. (laughs) And that's my happy place, like helping people with that. And it's small changes. As you see, when I walked you through it, it was just, okay, well, What's going on with your portfolio? What do you understand about this situation? Oh, we're starting from the basics. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's look into your other options. What do you want it to do? So that's that's my happy place. Yeah. It's teaching you and creating self-sufficiency so that you're not dependent on me. And that's what's different about me as a financial advisor. Most want to hide it. Like, yeah, I'm managing for you. Just just hand it over. You don't need to know what I'm doing. I got this. No, 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 ma'am. You don't have to worry about that from Jayla Eaton. Jayla Eaton is going to say, okay, do you want to learn this? If you don't want to learn this, I am not the right financial advisor for you. Right. Nice to meet you. If you do want to learn this, because I want you to go and tell everybody else and spread the word about how you can do this yourself. Yeah, it's an impact. Yes. yes. If you are an educator at heart. <laughs> Which I didn't know didn't expect. <laughs> I'm a doer. Like, I like getting things done. So the fact that my my heart, my joy comes from helping other people do, helping other people learn about me, I expect that. But you know, it's been a life. And like I said, I have to control of this because I never... Imagine, right? I'm an attorney. Like we, we don't like numbers. <laughs> I'm always attacked. That I'm breathing into performance numbers and beta. Yeah, I get into it when it comes to investing. 
Now, at what point should someone be seeking out financial planning? I would love to say as soon as possible, but that's going to take some a lot more disruption of the industry. There's there's not a lot of investment advisors or financial advisors or financial planners that really care about you. A lot of them will call themselves fiduciary and say that they're acting in your best interest, but they're all just thinking about that bottom line. Like, what can you do for me versus what they can do for you? So I would love for people to be able to reach out to financial advisors, but you have to have some knowledge of the basics so that you know who's trustworthy and who's not. I recommend I mean, it's not for everybody, but I do recommend taking some of the courses that are required for you to become a CFP because you're going to learn the gamut of everything that you need to know. You're going to learn about retirement. You're going to learn about expense management, which is budgeting, which you hear a lot about. You're going to learn about insurance. You're going to learn about investing in investment management. You're going to learn about just you and what type of money, as they call it, money script you are. Like I'm money avoidant. I know most people don't believe that. Like I could never tell you when I was in corporate America what payday was. I couldn't tell you how much is that was. Like I just, I, I didn't work for money. Like it did not matter to me. So I'm like, I don't need to know these dates. Like I couldn't tell you what my pay was. Like I, I would negotiate it. You're going to give me the top of what I could get, but I couldn't tell you what I was making. I just knew it was in the account and it was paying my bills. That's all I need to know. Yep. Now, <laughs> Kila, don't you have a course? <laughs> I have an investing basics course for those who want to do the self-study and are ready to invest. I have an investing course on my website. I actually use my own investment course, my own investment account to teach. So you actually get to see step-by-step, step, this is what it looks like to buy a stock. This is what it looks like to sell a stock. These are the things that you're looking for when you review portfolios and funds. This is what you want to know about your benchmarks. All of that. I have the self-study course for those who maybe can't afford to, to see a financial planner or aren't ready for that. I always tell people, if you're still in corporate America or you're a business owner who has gotten themselves a 401k or a pension plan or a set IRA, use those accounts. To, to learn to invest because those are the accounts that are intended to be locked away until you're at least 59 and a half. They penalize you if you touch that money usually before that point. So it's a long-term investment account. You've got time to, to watch the, the account grow, fall, grow again, continue growing. And then you'd be surprised what it compounds into. Yeah. So... That's that's where you start. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this for a second because you know, like before, we we're talking about like the seven streams of income, and we've been talking about like the stock market, right? And one of the things we talk about all the time, of course, like behind the scenes, is 
there's no right or wrong way to do entrepreneurship. And like most things, it's, it's a personal decision, right? So to continue working for someone else or not, to go all in or not, to do goods and services or not. But we do agree that in this day and age, we have to have multiple streams of income. Like you and I are like, this is non-negotiable, right? Now, I know I mentioned before, like you've taught me a lot about stocks and, you know, for millennials and the the younger generation, stocks are also like, really popular right now, right? But we also always talk about how we see a lot of investing and fleeting, right? So talk to us, what's your take on millennials and the stock market right now? Because I see a lot of traps that they are getting themselves into and that they are falling into. So talk to us a little bit about what some of the what some of these traps are and the true strategy behind stock investments short answer it's always long term like it's always got to be your investing with money that you do not need at least for 5 years or more when i throw money into any investment not even just the stock market because lately i've been investing in trading cards, collectibles. I've been doing cryptocurrency. I've been doing the gamut. I am a true investor. Can't wait to invest this. Real estate. All of that money that I've invested, I've never looked to do. Okay, well, I need to pull that out. Because that's the number one way you're going to lose money on an investment is if you're putting it in and then you're like, nope, I need this money. You got to take it out. Right. You haven't had time to grow. Right. And you're probably going to be taxed. So you're going right. to more money than you realize. When you sell, you're going to be taxed. Even if it's at a gain, even if it's at a loss, you, you're still going to have some tax consequences. Maybe you can't write off that loss. So the tax system actually wants you to keep your money in long term. There are favorable rules that will help you if you, at least in the stock market, had your money invested for at least a year and a day. Yeah. So that's the number one thing that I see. People short term, oh, I'm, I'm going to make a quick buck and I'm going to put my money in. No, that's, that's the quickest way to lose money. What was that latest scandal? The one where, was it GameStop? Oh, yes. GameStop, AMC, everybody was throwing money into GameStop stock. It went from crazy. I want to say maybe 30 to over $400 in a matter of maybe a week, two weeks. And everybody saw that, oh, this is a quick thousand, quick hundred. I was seeing people saying they made 400000 on the stock. They made 19000 on this side, didn't know what they were doing. And they expect that this is how the market works. And now that you're thinking, oh, I can always make quick money. You've turned the stock market into Vegas. And what happens when you're in Vegas? It mm-hmm. doesn't always go your way. Mm-mm. It doesn't always work like this. And so when you see a stock going up and it's, it's rising, the trajectory, that is not necessarily the time to invest. Yeah. The time to invest is when you see something on sale. Yeah. Something's going down and you know it's based on news and speculation. Like I hate to say it, but Chipotle, great example. 
they had uh, this the outbreak where their food was making people sick. Yeah. A lot of people thought, oh, well, it's not a good stock to invest in because they're not going to recover from this. I think that stock has risen hundreds, if not more, since that outbreak. But yeah. when was the time to invest? When they were going through this. <laughs> when you saw it was red. When you saw it was... Oh, when there were no believers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when believers have run... And do understand there are a lot of people that day trade. Yeah. Trading, they want to make the quick buck. And you see a lot of them. And that's another reason why I say it's really hard to, to obtain the financial literacy and education that you need because there's so much out there that you have to be aware of. You have to decide what type of investor you're going to be. A day trader is a short-term investor. They're not in it for the long haul. They are not buy-hold investors like me. So if they're teaching you, their their teachings are going to be very different from my teachings. Yeah. Our teachings are going to be like, okay, you've researched this. You understand exactly what this stock is, what it does. Preferably, it's something that you love, you use, you, you know of, and then you're putting your money into it. Hopefully when it's on sale <laughs> and then you're leaving it there, you might collect a dividend, but for the most part, you're leaving it there. Yeah. It's a good purpose, whether that be I'm saving for a down payment of my house, saving to create a business, saving, say when I say saving, it's really investing. You're just getting a little bit more help with the investment and not having to do it all yourself. But you have a long time span before you need it. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many more short-term investors because everybody wants to make that quick buck. But oh, yeah. check, out, check out Warren Buffett. He's the number one reason why you, you want to do it long-term. Yeah. He is part of the most expensive stock in the world. He's one of the best investors. He got rich slow. Yeah. And he stayed rich consistently through the years. That's that's how I want to be. I don't I don't need the quick buck and then I'm back on the streets tomorrow. I need long-term generational wealth. And yeah. It to happen when it's supposed to happen. I am not rushing that. But until then, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm covering. I've got myself personally and I'm handling anything else that, that comes at me. Yeah. That's that's what I want people prepared for. They're prepared for whatever happens. They have that freedom fund. They have that feeling of I'm okay. No matter what happens, I'm okay. And a lot of business owners and just us in general don't have that feeling. It's oh I gotta go to this job. I've got to do this. Another way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I have so many more questions. I feel like we could probably do an entire episode on like just stocks and investing as well, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay within my time limit and (laughs) switch to the quick fire portion of, of the Lurk Lounge. Okay. So you already know, but I'm going to say it for the people who don't know. The quick fire portion is when I'm going to ask five random questions and I'm going to try my best not to ask any follow-up questions 
after you answer the question. <laughs> that is hard. It is really, really hard. It is really hard. <laughs> you know, as attorneys, we want more. Like, give me a little, clarify that for me. <laughs> I'm good for, okay, I have another question, but this is not going to count as question number five. <laughs> okay, so question number one. What's most important to know about building a business as a black woman? Ooh, that you matter, that you are the most important part of that business, that you are providing value, that you are amazing and people need to hear your voice and do not silence yourself. Not everybody's going to love you, but you need to be out there. It, you deserve it and you know you're working hard because we do. Yes, I love it. Okay, what what's your favorite TV series of all time? Grey's Anatomy. Ah, love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, love I'm it. with them right now because I heard they had the nerve to say, oh, well, it could be a season finale or series finale. I was like, oh, no, no. We will protest in the streets. I've been running with you since day one, since... It came on after Desperate Housewives. No okay, way. back in 2005. Let me tell you. So <laughs> it's been that long. Okay, been that's like the one show that I like diehard watch. Like, yes, you know, but you know, I love Grey's Anatomy. I like, but let me tell you, the more episodes that they put out since it's come back, I'm like, this is gonna be a series finale. They playing. They playing. They playing too much. Too much. Too much. Okay. Um. <laughs> Number three, what, okay, in the soundtrack of your life, what would be the top three songs? Oh, I got three. Well, you know it's going to be Beyonce. First of all, it would be I Was Here. Then I got to hit the, the Blackest King. What is, the, what is the name of it? It's the first song on Blackest King, that one. And then, you know, I got to get some upbeat. What would my third one be? I'm just going for fun, big pendant, Jay-Z. I'm going to be a Jay-Z song in there. I'm in the Queen Bee arena. I'm like, that. Catch me on karaoke, big pimpin' will be rap. So, yes. Fit in the Um, Okay, number four. What's the best investment you've made in your business? Goodness, probably all of the investments to get me together because your girl needed to work. Your girl needed. I was corporate trained. I was an employee. I came into my business as an employee and did not realize, oh no, it's a whole other life, a whole other thought process to be an entrepreneur. So I needed to get that together. And then systems, you know, my friend, my savior, my, my girl. Systems, anything systems that I paid for has been worth it 5,000 trillion bucks. <laughs> you know, I love a good system. So I'm like, that. I'm the key to a good building, a good, efficient system. It's <laughs> a life saving. <laughs> you would do a lot by yourself with a good system. <laughs> You can fool a lot of people. They'll be like, you got a whole team back there. The whole team. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> me, myself, and I doing the work. <laughs> team, team, team us for real. Team us. 
Um, okay. What what am I on? The I think I'm on the number five. What does freedom look like for you in your business? Oops. Stepping away. Still owning it, but stepping away from it. Being able to just admire it from afar. It's still going, it's still going, it's it's doing its work, it's achieving the purpose. But I am not here guaranteed nine to five any days. I am stepping away. I am trusting. I am delegating. That that's freedom, and knowing that it's going to be just fine because we got them systems set up. <laughs> and it's it's got the right people <laughs> that love and are passionate, just like me. So love it. Okay, we've talked a lot about money. We've talked about wealth. And for those who are interested in building generational wealth, which is what you're all about, I hear you have a special gift for them. Am I correct? No. It's like go to my website on my own financial.com. And you know why I created on my own financial, because that's how most black women start off their business journey on their own financial. But if you go to my website and at the bottom of all the pages, you'll see Wealth Tips. You can sign up for the Wealth Tips email and I will send you a free goals planner to kind of get you started. This is what where we start in the financial planning, in the estate planning process to get you thinking about you and what you want and what you're doing. What's Why are we doing all this? So please feel free to sign up for the newsletter. You'll also get wonderful wealth tips, things to think about that maybe you hadn't been considering or maybe but you just needed that additional push because I am an accountability buddy and here consistently for you. So well said. Love it. Okay. And for those people who are like, okay, this woman is dope. I need her in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. What ways can they work with you? I know you got two different businesses. So tell the people what kind of services you offer for which business and how they can contact you for the respect each respective business. All right. We will start with the financial and the financial planning, accountability, all of that good stuff. You can go to on my own financial again uh, and book a wealth consultation with me. And that you get access to me and we'll walk through anything that you're wanting to learn about, strangling with, just kind of chat about, you know, if we're a good fit. And then that's also where I have the Investing Basics course. I have an estate planning education book, Controlling Your Legacy on my website. And I also have a blog because I'm a writer. So you'll find a lot of awesome articles about wealth and building wealth and protecting wealth there. Then you can also stop by on my own financial at Instagram. We're talking constantly about all things wealth and money in the state planning. And for the legal side and have a law firm at the law office of Jay Eaton. And you can go to jeatonlawoffice.com to schedule a free consultation for an estate planning um, meeting. If you have an estate plan, don't know what it means, says, and want help with that, I've got you covered. The business, even though it's not financial, it's still education-based. It's still trying to, to help you 
understand these legal documents, legal terms, and why you need it and how it affects you. And I also draft estate planning documents. So don't forget jeatonlawoffice.com to make an appointment. And it's free for a consultation. So have a chat with me if you're in California and need an estate plan. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, because I meant to ask this question and we did not touch on it. Talk to them really quick about the key documents of an estate plan. Yes. Yes. You should have at least at minimum four documents in your estate plan. Two of them only after one. Well, depending. It could be three. Only after while you're alive. Uh, you need your advanced directive. That's for, for making all of the medical decisions when you're unable to do so. And it will save you from a court conservatorship. And then your financial power of attorney. That'll help you make your agent designation so that they can make financial decisions on your behalf. And also save you from a court conservatorship. That would be akin to what Britney Spears is under right now and has been fighting against. For years and it's also very costly. So, got two documents to save you from that. You'll have your will and a trust. So, depending in California, it's kind of it's very easy to trigger probate. And what probate is, it's a court proceeding that we have at this point. If you pass away with more than $166,000 in your uh, estate, in your name, and it's expensive because if you have an attorney to help you with this court process, they're getting a percentage, not flat fee. They're getting a percentage of your estate off top automatically, no matter how much work they do, even if it's just one document. And it's public. That's how you always have TMZ and everybody's business. And it's just a long drawn out process. So instead having the trust, Simplifies everything, avoids the need to go to court and can control your property for decades, generations, depending on what you stated in the trust. So have your four documents, the advanced power of attorney, advanced directive, your power of attorney, your will, because you still need one of those, even if you have a trust, and your trust. Awesome. Thank you for telling them next. I know. We mentioned estate planning, but I'm, I'm sure many people were like, okay, I, I, she told me what it was, but what exactly is it again? So I wanted to clarify that for people so that they know, right? There is there is more because, you know, if we be honest, millennials, they tend to sleep on us as attorneys. They just think we just push paper and that's it. It's like, if it was that easy, you could do it yourself. And a lot of times you're going to end up needing us anyway because you can't do it yourself. But that's another conversation. <laughs> I try to tell them, please don't come to me when you have a problem. I could have solved your problem. Like, have you yes. no document? Believe me, there's something in there that deals with this situation that you're going through. You come to me after and you don't have the document. I do not help you. I can't. I just refuse to probate. It hurts my heart. So. Yeah, probate is very, it's a very sad process. It really is. Okay, so... Jayla, thank you so much for coming on here, spending time with me, y'all. I ain't going to say I had to beg her to come on here. <laughs> I have redeemed myself. <laughs> I've heard myself 
in episodes before. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know she's talking about me. Yeah, I'm gonna get myself together though. I thought it. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to hear all the goodness on the Lurk Lounge. So thank you so much for joining me and the Lurkers on the Lurk Lounge. And, you know, I always bring us in with the biz tea of the day. So if you leave the Lurkers, if you can leave them with one last gym, what would it be? Just one. Uh, You know what? My gym would be... This is a really hard one because my brain is like, Oh, give him this and this, this. Give it all to him. Just give it to him. (laughs) This whole process is about you. It's not about trying to impress anybody. It's just about you and what you want. So don't check boxes. I know with the society that we live in, it's very easy to just say, oh, I'm going to go get this degree. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Don't. Save yourself some time, trouble, and some debt. <laughs> do what really, really you're compelled to do. And if you can't do that immediately, have a plan so that you know how you're going to get there. So that that's definitely my my gym. Don't check boxes. Don't check boxes. What boxes? We don't even believe in boxes. <laughs> we don't believe in boxes. Jayla, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lurk Lounge. Lurkers, that is it for today's episode. Until next time. All right, Lurkers, that's it for this episode of the Lurk Lounge. Gems were dropped and lessons were plenty. Shout out to our sponsor, Burnley Law PLLC. Burnley Law helps entrepreneurs nationwide secure their U.S. federal trademark registration, For legal and business tips on how to protect and own the boss brand you're building, join the email list at BurnleyLaw.com. Until next time, I'm Summer Burnley, and thank you for lurking.